4: Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is
2: Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey,
6: welcome back, everybody, to uh, the second half of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for this week's edition of Armchair Politics, we have our roundtable regulars, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back.
2: Always good to
6: be here. And uh, on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome back.
1: Thank you, and it's pleasing to have Earl Lackey today.
6: <laughs> yeah, Earl Lackey, a uh, former Republican uh, congressional candidate, in his uh, inaugural visit to the uh, political roundtable known as Armchair Politics. Earl, it's great to have you with us as well. Thanks for
3: having me, Tom. It's always a pleasure. And, you Paul and know, Henry, thanks, thanks for coming.
6: I, I, I I'm I'm so caught up. Things are going so uh, so well and so fast today that I keep forgetting to watch the clock. I have this giant <laughs> clock in front of me, but I you all are so engaging, and we'll go back and pick up where we left off at the end of the Guns last. Guns in the hour. Capitol. Yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, an effort um, to uh, by a couple of Democrats uh, to. Put legislation forward that would ban guns in the uh, Michigan State Capitol building, and the question was, will the Republican-controlled legislature pass this? And then, boom, the break happens. So let's uh, <laughs> let's pick it up from there.
1: Well, again, if I could, if I could just uh, make a point here, you know, uh, the Supreme Court of uh, Michigan prohibit guns in this building. B, you want to know why? I know that is because Kyle schools sued mm-hmm. uh, the state for uh, allowing guns to come into the school district. They said, we, we have we nothing in this yeah, school, we but, but we don't want guns in our school. Guns are okay, but don't bring them in school. They're a threat to our student population and so on and so forth. And we just don't think it's a good thing. And we won the case, and that's now part case law. Uh,
2: uh, uh, my my only case law. My only reaction, Henry, was that in the Capitol, they don't. I believe they ban signs. You, you, you don't want to whack a guy over the head with a yard sign, but you can bring a gun in there. So I, yeah. shake my head at that. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, that would be procedure, interesting.
1: That would be interesting to see how the Republicans react to
2: that. Yeah, I, well, I, I think I know where it's going go.
6: because
2: I'm on the opposite side of the station.
6: This is a slightly uh, a different thing because I, I, I think, to some degree, you're comparing apples and oranges because. The um, Michigan State Capitol, uh, what is it, the, um, uh, let's see, The People's is House. It? The People's House. No, the Michigan State Capitol Commission rejected okay. the idea of banning firearms in the Capitol. Clio Schools, the case that you're close to, they said we don't want them here, and the courts upheld that that you could you could set that rule and i think they would if the commission had said we don't want them here this is legislate legislators not taking not taking that um rejection uh just basically not taking no for an answer and uh and trying to push this forward my question is will the republican controlled legislature go along with it and earl said uh, i hope not earl what's your thinking on that
3: well i don't know if if you know but i was asked by the second amendment movement that was trying to get all of the county boards uh prosecutors and sheriffs to go on board as to not uh go along with some of the things that were going to happen like the red flag laws but getting back to the topic at hand um some of the things that that we see going on um is like these laws being introduced by democrats um, they're chewing away at our Second Amendment a little bit by little bit. Now, being a Republican and the chair for the Fifth Congressional District Two A movement, you know you can understand where I stand. But um, to trying to take guns away from the Capitol, uh, every event that has been held there, and I've been to many of them, where people are walking around with sidearms, um, you know, uh, rifles, all out in the open. We never had one incident, not one. Now, you're talking about banning an inanimate object. Well, if I could pick a coffee cup up and hit you upside the head with it, are you going to (laughs) ban (laughs) coffee cups too? Yeah. Okay, really? (laughs) I think what we need to do is concentrate on where the problem actually lies. Okay, and it's not with the guns. It's with the mental health issues of the people that pick them up and do bad things with them. Well, and and to
6: your point, Earl, I had uh, uh, an apparent relative, Charles Sumner, in the U.S. Senate who was beaten rather (laughs) badly with a cane.
7: Yeah. (laughs) There you
6: go.
3: Put him in. My point it's not the guns. They're just trying to chew away at our Second Amendment and eventually take all of our guns away from us. It's not the gun it's not, that's an inanimate object, excuse me. Um, It could be anything. More people are actually killed and um, harmed in the United States by fists, knives, clubs, than all the weapons put together. So to ban guns from a public place where people want to be able to take them, um, I don't think that's up to the legislature. In my opinion, let's put that to a vote of the people. Put it on the ballot. Should guns be, be banned from the Capitol? Put it on the ballot. Let's let the people speak. But, but well, really, uh, okay. shouldn't, shouldn't
6: the, um, the, uh, the operator of a building, either management or, in this case, the commission, the owner of a bar, uh, be able to set a policy in their establishment that we don't allow them in? Not in that building.
3: The Capitol is a public building. Fair point. And that commission was appointed; they were not elected.
6: Fair point. Fair point. Uh, let's let's uh, let's move on. Um, I think we got time to get this one in before another break comes up. Uh, it's kind of a long setup. President Donald Trump on Saturday announced a Supreme Court nominee to fill the vacancy left by the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg formally kicking off a contentious and high-stakes battle over the fate of the court that will play out in a bitterly divided senate senate republicans who have the majority in the upper chamber have signaled plans to quickly move to take up the nomination in the midst of an election season where control of the white house and congress could be on the line setting the stage for the possibility of a final confirmation vote before Election Day on November 3rd. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has indicated that Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham, a South Carolina Republican who is facing a competitive re-election fight, will outline how the committee will handle the nomination. Graham has said the committee plans to hold three days of hearings for the Supreme Court nominee this month, or in October rather. Multiple sources familiar have told CNN that both the White House and Graham are targeting the week of October 12th for the nominee's confirmation hearing that would allow for a confirmation vote by October 29th hitting a pre-election timeline that the White House and congressional Republicans are increasingly coalescing behind. The stakes in the current Supreme Court fight are immense and come at a pivotal time in American politics. Trump's ability to appoint a new justice to the court would mark the third of his tenure in office and would create the opportunity to push the court in an even more conservative direction for decades to come. And I want to mention that 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 piece uh, came from CNN and uh, I was a little surprised um, <laughs> that they got that much information in without mentioning, by the way, that the nominee is Amy Coney Barrett. Um, <laughs> does that make, uh, but the fact that the nominee is Amy Coney Barrett, does that make any difference to the Republican leadership's steering of the confirmation process? Does it matter who it was?
2: I was, from what they said before, not much, but although she's probably going to be easier to approve than some of the other folks who are on the list, I would guess.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the problem that that I, I think that could cause her problem uh, is that she has adopted children that are black. And there are some people who find that dis- disconcerting uh, because uh, she has adopted children and loyalty to the family and so on and so forth may interfere with some people. And this may also be true with Democrats. I don't know the country in such a disarray, but those kind of things can play huge issues. Mm -hmm. And then when black Americans also encourage negative comments about it, it doubles down on her uh, certainty to to be uh, appointed.
6: I saw an interesting Facebook meme to your point, Henry, that showed... uh, amy coney barrett's uh, a family portrait and um and and it was uh and the caption read if uh she were a democrat they would be holding her up as a model citizen <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah i mean, I, mean the, I think the bottom line is the votes unless two more republicans change their mind the votes are probably there so i it probably didn't matter who it was, but like I say, given her background and which sounds pretty solid, it's going to be a bit easier, I would guess. Uh, I'm sure there'll, there'll be some questions raised in the hearings about some of her views. But as I say, the bottom line is that, it's from all appearances, right now at least, the votes appear to be there. You,
4: you
1: know, I, I agree. It, it might be difficult uh, to condemn her because she has the black children. Nobody wants to lose the black true. vote. The, the Republicans are in pursuit of the black vote, and the Democrats don't want to give it up. So any kind of discussion here could be damaging to either side.
8: Well,
6: and she well, I don't, I don't,
3: go ahead. I don't think role. you're going to see much problem there with the, with the black vote. If you have anybody that's going to say something about it because she has two Haitian um, adopted children, um, that's going to be a very, very small amount of people. I, I mean here, so. You know, here's a woman who has, who has um, impeccable con- credentials as far as her career is concerned. Um, she's got seven children, and she has taken two of those children she has taken into her home and adopted. And she also has a special needs child. Now, here's a woman who's got her plate is full, and now the president has asked her to step up yes. and go to the Supreme Court. God bless this woman, and God bless her for opening her home to two Haitian children that needed a place to go. And, well and I, I think another, be
6: and, and on, a, on a whole other uh, strand she clerked for antonine Scalia, which I think um, is is kind of an interesting uh, part of her resume because he is still held in such high regard by both sides of the aisle she got trained by the best yeah and and I wonder if she won't maybe surprise some conservatives by being more of a um, uh uh, uh oh, what's the phrase that they use all the time a rule of law rule judge. of law yeah, yeah. um I, you know as as uh john roberts said precedent
2: mean precedent relying <laughs> on precedent
6: well respecting precedent and, yeah, absolutely, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and the institution. Roberts I th- I has think, some of that. Yeah, I, th- I think it might be interesting. Um, I, I think, Paul, you're right. I think the Republicans have the votes. I think by Election Day she's going to be a Supreme Court justice. I hope she doesn't have to weigh in on who won the election. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs>
6: but, that's true. <laughs> and there are an yeah. awful lot of people who, who hope that she doesn't, uh, uh, you know, join a... Uh, a, a group that uh, shoot down the Affordable Care Act on uh, November 10th, which a lot of people think this is the timing of this is all about more than the election. Um, uh, you know, I just I just want to say this for
1: uh, Earl White's last comment. Uh, he he said that he didn't think that people would engage too much in this conversation because he had black children. I think that he's right. I think that he's right. Because there are many Black Americans, many I know personally, and, and um, that who finds a Black person who thinks that Black people have value, praise those people. There are many, many Blacks that do that. Those yes. who comment against yes. them, they praise them.
6: Yeah. On that note, I'm going to actually adhere to the clock, and <laughs> <laughs> we we have a, uh, a break coming up. If you're listening to us on 92.1 FM in Flint, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. Uh, Don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse, we have more armchair politics coming up right after this.
7: Hello darling, this is Elvira Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 8103398255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go.
4: Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490.
5: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit CDC.gov. How do you do, ladies
1: and
0: gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have pepsin flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later.
8: The Tom Sumner Program.com
3: Hello, this is
5: State Senator Jim Ananick and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome
6: back everybody. Armchair Politics continues on the Tom Sumner Program with Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, our roundtable regulars, joined by uh, newcomer Earl Lackey, who's fitting right in, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Good
3: to have you,
2: Earl. I hope he doesn't replace me.
7: <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, Henry, Henry, <laughs> you're,
2: you're, you're irreplaceable, Henry. <laughs> oh, he's good, though. <laughs>
6: hey, four years ago, Russian operatives used a series of, quote, active measures to hack campaigns, spread disinformation, and sow discord in an effort to sway the election in favor of President Donald Trump. That's according to a bipartisan Senate report, and former special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. As November 3rd approaches, um, one question is on most everyone's mind is Russia added again PolitiFact consulted uh, experts, news reports, and publicly available intelligence from the federal government and social media platforms to get a sense of how foreign actors are trying to interfere in 2020. The consensus, it's not just Russia, and the bigger threat is much closer to home. Quote, from my perspective, the vast majority of false content that's election-related is still coming from Americans themselves, said Cindy Otis, a former CIA officer and a disinformation and cybersecurity expert. Who has the credibility to debunk misinformation either foreign or domestic when so many U.S. citizens are steadfast in believing
2: it? The I mean, press. You know, the some, press. Some of those websites you mentioned, that fact check or the Snopes or so forth, are pretty good at that. I mean, if, if people would use them, I'm not sure how often they get used. But they're but, pretty good at some of that stuff, I think. But,
1: but, you know, that's that's the problem for the press. That's why the press has yeah, yeah, all these right. authorities. It should disseminate information that represents both sides and let the people decide what is the truth.
2: You know, that's one impact of social media is that everybody's now a publisher of something if they want to be, and just throw stuff out there. In the times when you didn't have everybody out there, for better or worse, you had editors who could kind of sort through the stuff that was true and stuff that wasn't, and it, it made a difference. But yeah, right now, anybody can throw something out there whether they're Russian or anybody else or just somebody with a particular ideological bent. And then it gets passed around. By the time it gets passed around the 10th or 100th time, who knows where it came from?
3: At this point, it's really hard to trust anybody. Um, Look what's happened within the FBI. We've got people turning on each other within our own government. Um, The CIA is supposed to be taking care of things outside of our borders. And one part of what Tom read was, you know, we have more to worry about than just Russia. And, yeah, it's a lot of the people here at home, and I, and I agree. We, we need to have editors to a point of social media. But I think our, our bigger concern at this point is China. Um, and we have, to, we have to keep our head on a swivel as far as this is concerned on a 360-degree view uh, look what look what China did with Wuhan and the coronavirus, and look what they did to us. COVID nineteen just you know halted everything, and with the election coming up, I can see them trying to do the exact same thing. Um, China or Russia has been kind of quiet for for a while, and maybe that is of concern because it's usually the quiet one in the room. You got to watch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rattlesnakes follow the same kind of. As
2: I say, you got to look look out for the October surprise. (laughs) We've always had those, and I I suspect we'll see something, uh, maybe even earlier than than late October this year because of the early voting going on. But I suspect we'll see some kind of an October surprise popping up somewhere along the line here.
3: I agree, Paul. I think we're going to see something's going to happen and um, who knows they may even be part of of trying to do the uh, voter fraud through the mail. Who knows?
6: Well President Donald Trump's former top Russia advisor said Tuesday that the United States is increasingly seen as an object of pity and its standing on the world stage is eroding. Asked whether the U.S. is still seen as a model Hill replied, unless we get our domestic domestic act together, no. Her comments come on the heels of a recent Pew Research Center survey among 13 nations that found America's reputation had declined further over the past year among its key allies, with part of the decline linked to the United States' response to the coronavirus pandemic. Do you think she's right?
1: Well, I think that there's a problem there. Uh, we need to reestablish. We need to seize leadership in areas of uh, stability around the world, and we need to uh, also look at global warming and stuff like that, where we have tremendous impact because we have the most money, the most power, and most of the the way to solve the problem. We know how it's done. How things can be done. That's why and we I need think
2: to reestablish to extent, leadership. To the extent we, we we look like a nation in chaos, others do tend to pity us. I mean, I'll, I'll blame Trump for some of that, although part of it is our own doing as well. But, I mean, the fact that we are unable to make decisions that look like we're divided in a hundred different ways doesn't serve us well. And, again, I I was just noticing some of the comment on last night's debate from foreign sources, and most of them kind of take that viewpoint. They just sort of shake their heads and say, What are those crazy Americans doing now? I mean, uh, it it is kind of sad.
3: Yeah, I think at at this point, yes, people are going to look at us and pity us. But as far as Trump is concerned, he's an excellent chess player. This is only the first debate, and I think he did all of the interruptions and made it a fiasco on purpose. I think you'll see him calm down within the next debate so that they can actually get good answers out. But as far as people pitying us, we always uh, seem to look at the first thing and it pops up in the news all over, especially on CNN and and whatever, as to, oh, you know, the other nations of the world are pitying America. Look what happened on the debate with the two people that are running for presidency. Um, But later on down the road, I think we're going to find that they're going to stand back and go, I should have kept my mouth shut because now we're going to come back stronger than we ever have before. I have to believe that. Um, Look what Trump did in the first three years of his presidency. He brought the economy to a place where we've never been before. Could you imagine where we would be now had it not been for COVID? We wish it's (laughs) gonna come back again and I think they're gonna eat their words. And and you know, I'd like to just follow
1: uh, my comment here. I think if you look at the United States, the United States should be envied by the rest of the world. Look at how Black Americans, people of color hair, risen. It looks like they are running the country. And yet this is done without, and Trump has allowed this to develop without legislation because legislation makes winners and losers of us. There's been the businessman and the American people who has allowed this image to appear and sustain itself. We look good. What we need to do is get our young people who haven't caught up yet, Exactly. In the vein so that, they, so that they can be able to uh, help run the country by 2050 when they will be the arithmetic and political majority along with the Mexicans, uh, Hispanics at that time. I agree. So, guys, that's where we are, and that's what I'm looking for. I think if people think about it and people don't dig in it and try to separate us more and more, we're moving in the right direction and, 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 and during the time of Trump. Uh, and because he's allowed space for growth to occur. He didn't do it himself, but he felt that.
2: You know, an ironic thing, Henry, is that when, when Trump began, he was going to build this wall to keep all kind of immigrants out. Now other countries don't want, don't want us to come to their country. They want to build a wall. You know, they don't in. want America. <laughs> That's right. Well, last well, week... All, all-
3: let, let's make sure we get it right. It's not to keep the immigrants out. It's to keep the illegals out. We want immigrants. This country was built on immigrants. We want them here. We just want them to do it the right way. Well, last
2: oh, yeah, I can, I've always argued Flint could use about a hundred thousand or so just <laughs> <kept going again>. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That old? yeah. Okay, yeah. Last week,
6: President yeah. Donald Trump refused to commit to a peaceful transition should he lose the November election, leading some to speculate that he might seek to use the tools of presidential power, including his role as commander in chief of the armed forces to prolong his time in office. The U.S. military is adamant that it will not play a role settling election disputes with its top uniformed officer, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, clearly setting out the Pentagon's position in a letter to Congress last month. The Constitution and laws of the U.S. and the states establish procedures for carrying out elections and for resolving disputes over the outcome of elections. I do not see the U.S. military as part of this process, Milley said in a letter to two members of the the House Armed Services Committee. Um, How troubling is that notion that, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to give up easily?
3: The president doesn't have to use the military. He has executive powers. He could actually delay the whole election if he chose to. Did they? Hello. Do you think we'll by see by that? Order? He could, he actually has the power that he could delay the election if he felt that, that the country um, would be in some sort of peril because of it. That's where all of this um, election fraud through voting, uh, mail-in voting, comes in. And if they if they find more and more of these uh, um, electoral your your mail-in ballots in ditches, in garbage cans, in trunks of cars, no pun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Paul. (laughs) um, Yeah, he actually has the power to delay the election until next year. That could happen. I highly doubt that he's going to do it, and I don't think he will institute the military to go ahead with the election because he can actually contest the election, and this could go on into January. My concern there is... If it happens, we're going to see more things like Chicago, Detroit, um, 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 Minnesota. You know, all these cities that are that are erupting in riots. Those, that's not peaceful demonstration. That's a riot. As soon as you pick something up and break glass and stuff like that, um, that's just wrong. I still believe I mean, in the First Amendment, but, you know, I, I don't think he's going to actually bring in the military to do
8: this. No,
2: I think even during the Civil War, we had an election. I mean, there were some talks during the Civil War that Lincoln might delay that election, but even during that very tumultuous time, obviously, we still had an election in 1864, so I, exactly. I don't think so. But the mere fact that we're talking about it is worrisome. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say that much. That It just yeah. seems very unlikely to even mention the issue, but uh, it raises some very worrisome uh Worry some things when a president's out there talking about those kind of things. Whether he's serious or not, or just blowing smoke, I don't know.
3: Well, and we should be concerned. We should you pay know,
2: attention. And guys, I,
1: I hope that we don't make another uh, deviation from the Constitution in such a way that we are just eroding the Constitution down to nothing. When that oh. happens, that, we will reach a point where nobody cares. And nobody understands who we are and who we are, what we stand for.
2: Yeah, there's a real worry that democracy could be at stake. I, I'm I mean, worried that about may be that. An extreme view, but that's a possibility.
3: Yes, it is a very real possibility. Yeah.
6: And, and it came up again in last night's uh, in last night's presidential yeah. debate. And as it happens, um, we've uh, been moving along so quickly that we do have a few minutes left until the next break to uh, get back into it about the debate last night. Um, uh, I thought Earl had some interesting things to say when we talked to, about it at the top of the show and uh, I, I want to get back into that because um, depending on which cable news channel you watch um, it was uh, either a victory for the uh, for the president or a victory for Joe Biden or a complete poop show as uh, one commentator called it um, <laughs> yeah.
2: I think I saw that
6: commentary, And and yeah. I I edited it, you know, even though yeah. that that phrase got repeated multiple times on CNN last night. But um what uh what are your thoughts about did um did anybody change any minds with no. last night's debate? <laughs>
2: no. I, might, I, know. I, might, I think yeah, it encouraged some people right Guys, guy to be changed to begin with. I mean, I'm,
6: I'm going to tell you the truth. I was changed.
1: First of all, I took a serious look at um, Joe Biden to see if this man is competent, credible, see if he can handle the position. And what I came back with in my own mind's eye is that he's okay. I, I, uh, I, I don't see him any different than anybody. And as far as Trump goes, Trump is a fighter that that's who we're looking at. Uh, he steps aside for nobody. He, uh, does what he says when he says that he's going to contribute a trillion dollars to black families to incentivize their, uh, industrial activity and stuff like that. I think that people are afraid that he'll do that because he keeps those promises like that, you know? And, and, uh, so I think that he's okay. Uh, and I think that people will, and I think that American people in general want to see uh, people of color really rise to the occasion if they have the capacity. And they, you got to demonstrate that, and you got to demonstrate that you are willing to work with all Americans. But politics uh, tend to to divide us, so we have to be cautious.
2: You know, so, so somebody made made a comment after the debate last <laughs> night that maybe for the next one ought to be on Zoom where they have the various contestants on uh, on on mute until they can speak. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I almost wish that uh, uh the, the moderator last night had a, had a mic kill button for either candidate at <laughs> <the> various times. <laughs> so could just but he it. didn't kill anybody. Oh, I know, I know, but he just turned the mic off occasionally. But he,
1: well, I, I, I didn't know that, but I was wondering well, why he did I didn't. don't think
2: I don't think he had it but, but again if you if you if you, if, the, if that was on Zoom you could have killed the mic for a while and when <laughs> it wasn't your turn to speak, and then open it up when, when it's your turn I just want to put
6: my uh, my vote behind um, Chris Wallace I'm not sure yes. any I, I'm not sure oh, anybody yeah. else could have handled that debate as well as he did last night. I agree I agree here, you know
2: I, I almost felt sorry for him, but yeah he did it and being job. a Republican we, we many times criticize
1: Wallace or being a Democrat, or for being indifferent, or whatever. But I thought he did a really a good job It to be balanced and give equal credit and uh, time to each of the candidates. I thought he was fair and just.
3: I, my understanding is there was no Mike Kill Button, but I'll have to agree with everybody on that as far as last night's, Um, debacle. Oh, I'm sorry, debate. Um, (laughs) They need to have a mic kill button for this so that when the person has those two minutes to speak, they actually get to say what they need to say. Now, if they want to banter back and forth during the open part, well, that's up to them. But they're wasting our time, the American people's time when they do that. (laughs) And all three of them were in on it. And there were times there you couldn't tell who had the lead, and who wasn't, because all three of them were just going crazy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm all for Mike tilt buttons. Well,
6: with, uh, with Chris Wallace, at, at first, I thought that it was a, a little slanted toward Fox, uh, even though it was being carried on virtually everything. ABC carried it, and um, right. multiple uh, cable news channels carried the debate. Um yep. I can't remember who, uh, aside from the commission and the college, were was actually sponsoring it. I'm not sure who the media sponsor was, but um, he was a representative of Fox, and I thought, well, that's an interesting choice. Well, as it turns out, if anybody from one of the, the quote, um, liberal fake media sources had tried to moderate that last night and tried to you know pull the president back from mm. what many have described as over-the-top attacks it would have been considered um partisan. damaging
1: to the president yeah good point yeah. good point John. yeah and yeah. also damaging to the president
6: and and i thought he would thought, have been
1: standing there I, talking all by himself and did not know it
6: and i thought that uh and and in reflection I think Chris Wallace was not only a good choice, but perhaps the only choice for that I first so. one
1: I, I think so i thought, I thought he did a really, really good job. He was not condemning he was not he didn't try to disgrace or embarrass him or trick them, but he gave he handled it like a person that I would want to handle mine and yeah. he, he
2: was firm he, yeah. he was firm when he had to be at least he yeah. tried to be. Yeah, And he, he got some flack from Trump for that, at least on one occasion there. You know, I kind of wonder what, after this, what kind of audience there's going to be for the second or third debates. Are they going to... I'll be it? there. I'll be there. Oh yeah, I'll watch it. But I mean, outside of political junkies like us, is it gonna is it gonna gonna draw the audience at all?
6: Well, who needs to watch British Parliament when we have this going? on Oh yeah, that's true. That's
2: nobody Uh, condemns the British
1: Parliament, and and they are probably uh, some of the worst. uh, I mean, some of the interesting performing uh, institutions I've ever seen.
6: Well, you know, Paul at the top of the show compared last night's debate to the Flint City Council. And, uh, and and you know, I think British Parliament reminds me very much of the Flint City Council. That's right.
2: Um, that is quite true. But now we yeah. have,
6: uh, you know, we have a special kind of show going on. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the future debates look like between President Trump and Vice President Biden. But how do you think the uh, the Veep debate a week from today is is going to play out between uh, Vice President um, Mike Pence and uh, Vice Presidential or er, candidate um, Kamala Harris? You
2: know That'll be an interesting one to watch. In fact, I'm looking forward yeah. to that one. I think, <laughs> I think. I we'll see what happens, but I, that could be one of the more uh, It'll be more energetic and, and really maybe more issue oriented. I think.
1: I mean, and, and I think that Mike Pence is a cool guy, knowledgeable, and got a great character. He'll bring that. But I think well, Kamala he, is going to be
6: uh, difficult.
2: Yeah, she'll, she'll be a little more over the top occasionally. But, I, but, I, but P- Pence is not going to be Donald Trump. He's not going to be you know, interrupting all the time, I don't think.
6: No, but will yeah. Kamala? Uh, yes.
2: She might. She might. Uh, is, well, yeah. is, are the yeah, roles I, don't think, I don't think she'll she'll reach Trump's level, but that, she may go in that direction a little
3: bit. Are we going to flip this? I think she's going to try and bait um, Vice President Pence into doing uh, that that type of thing that we saw last night. Um, the Vice President has a more calm, relaxed demeanor yes. yes. about himself and the way he handles himself compared to Camilla Her- Harris, and I, I believe she's going to try and bait him into it, and that man has too much experience to fall for it. Yep. But, but she's, a, she's a street fighter. Yeah. Well, well and so, so yeah, is yeah, President Trump. Yeah.
2: Skills coming out, so so,
6: so the question is, and, and I think she'll certainly try, is whether or not she'll be able to trump Pence.
2: <laughs> That's a good thing to be seen <laughs> That's a good line.
6: Well, yeah. I, I know i know I will be watching with uh, great interest and and just out of curiosity um, I, I wonder who from the various media outlets could be um, the the You're chris to Wallace it? to Kamala Harris um you know who who from the from the left in the media c- could uh could actually try to wrangle her in a little bit
2: hmm have, have they announced the moderator for the next I I, I, I I
6: if if they did i missed it i'm going yeah, to not I'm heard gonna heard have not to i'm going to have
2: to
3: look heard it heard. up I, after the show i don't think they've announced it yet
2: yeah
3: and interesting
6: anderson cooper might be an interesting choice
1: yeah yeah great. he could yeah.
6: Anyway, we've got a break coming up, and then my favorite part, the uh, final segment of today's show, which is always dedicated to uh, the coveted X-Files. And um, it seems appropriate to talk about last night's debate going up to
2: the, the, the X-Files.
6: <laughs> yeah. But uh, the X-Files are some weird and wacky uh, news stories that we always uh, wrap up. The show with. But we are going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have a few messages as well. And then we'll be uh, back with the final segment of Armchair Politics, The X-Files.
3: Hey! This is the Unknown Comic! And
2: guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now! And now! And now too! And even now!
5: Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your healthcare provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips
7: Tom Sumner program has hosted live candidate forums for local state and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go.
8: alcohol may cause pregnancy and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked so what are you waiting for stop hiding and start living with tequila. Hey. tequila i get the uneasy feeling rod
5: Serling is behind one of those doors rod Serling. rod Serling. what's this the
2: twilight zone where is everybody i
8: would have been headed for the twilight zone twilight, twilight zone if i go any lower i'll be in the twilight zone all
2: right Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone.
5: Now, having made this little jaunt into the
0: Twilight Zone... I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
6: Welcome back everybody. It's time for my favorite part of armchair politics each week. We uh, wrap things up with the X-files. Starting out with one that th- this is kind of interesting. NASA astronaut Kate Rubens told the Associated Press on Friday that she plans to cast her next vote from space, more than 200 miles above Earth. Most US astronauts live in Houston. Texas law allows them to vote from space using a secure electronic ballot. Mission Mission Control forwards the ballot to the space station and relays the completed ballot back to the county clerk. I think it is really important for everybody to vote, Rubens said, if we can do it from space, and I believe folks can do it from the ground too. Rubens is just outside Moscow in Star City, Russia, preparing with two cosmonauts for a uh, mid-October launch and a six-month stay at the International Space Station. Do you think that uh, Michigan Control will mail Rubin's ballot to the clerk?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh. Well, I wonder if this is going to start all kinds of stories about space aliens voting in their elections now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the War of the Worlds cast out. <laughs> yeah. Martian election hacking. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Little, little green men win, win seats to Congress. <laughs> yeah. I, I would hope that they
3: would send it. They're keeping an eye on just one person out of 338 million people in the United States. Really, Let, no. Yeah, the, the, title, the title. The title will get, be. The I title think will I be, It I Came From it. Space.
6: Well, yeah. I, I just, I, it had never occurred to me that uh, that, that option was uh, provided for.
2: Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that either. That's interesting.
6: Yeah, uh, we,
1: we, we had uh, lieutenant colonel from Clio was on the board, and, we, and he was called back to duty in uh, Desert Storm, and the board consented to let him go and he could participate in the board meetings we did that oh so he didn't have oh. to be he didn't have to be at the table hmm. and that was done we no. never got sued for it and we, it was never a question so uh, the court if anybody ever finds this out and decides to sue
3: it will have to be
1: a court case
3: well, Dude, that's I find that interesting was what I find interesting about all of this is we have the technology to yes. put a man in, in space, That's and yet right. he can still vote. Yes. Why don't we Isn't have that challenge down here for all wow. of us to vote? I mean, the, yeah. when you get stopped by the police, they take your driver's license, they can run it through a scanner, sure. and they already know whether you have a registration or insurance why do we need to carry our insurance registration see we've got a lot of laws on the books that are antiquated and need to be removed but with the technology that we've got today this whole fraud thing of the elections uh, this is why i believe our whole election process needs to be revamped and redone there shouldn't be any problem with that you walk in you scan your driver's license it'll tell them who you are they look up they see the picture on the screen they look at you okay, here's your paper, go vote. Um, yes. And we just shouldn't be having these problems with the we technology we got today. That's, those are
1: politics, because the, the science says we can do this and do it easily.
3: Well, I'm not a career politician. I'm just a middle-class guy, so, you know, um, this is why I'm getting into politics. Somebody's got to stand up and say, hey, stop this nonsense. Let's fix it.
2: Or isn't there isn't there a proposal to do that, to, to make that, uh, the, that license thing you were talking about, uh, policy in Michigan? I, I believe I there I read, is. I thought I read about that.
3: I believe you're right. I believe there is, but it's being stifled by, yeah, you know, politicians. So no offense, <laughs> <bad> guys, but <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's being 2020-ed. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. Travelers arriving at the Helsinki airport in Finland are going to be dogged about a COVID-19 test, literally. As part of a test project, the airport has started offering voluntary coronavirus tests that only take 10 seconds without a nasal swab being stuck into your sinuses. Instead... <laughs> the test is administered by one of two canines trained to detect the virus by sniffing the sweat of arriving passengers according to the New York Times. It works like this after passengers get their luggage from baggage claim they um, they can volunteer to wipe sweat from their neck and leave the swab in a box. A trainer then puts the box next to containers of other scents for one of the disease-sniffing dogs to sniff. The process takes about a minute. If the dog gets a positive result from the neck sweat, the person is sent to the airport's health center for a free virus test that might involve something more invasive than a cold nose. Preliminary research suggests that the doggy sniff test might be more effective at detecting coronavirus infections than the standard chain reaction or antibody tests. University of Helsinki researcher, uh, I'm not going to try that name, a Helsinki researcher told the Washington Post Would you be okay with being subjected to the smell test? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> the dog will say, next. <laughs> next.
1: <laughs> next. Oh, you go that way. Yeah. Go to the I, double doors.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, the, the, the dogs we've been using in law enforcement, we've been using them for a long time. And if you look, our, our taste buds and our, and our smell receptors in our nose, once we've hit three... They start to go numb, and we can't really start to smell anything. You get to five and six different smells, and your nose and your taste buds kind of go numb. This is why most plates of food only have three on them. But as far as a dog is concerned, they have over 500 nasal receptors, so they're able to distinguish things. When, When we've got dogs that can pick up on cancer in people... Yeah, I've sure. About why, that. Not have, why not have have a dog that can pick up on COVID? Because if somebody's got COVID and they're breathing in and out, the dogs are going to pick up on this a long ways away. It, it's like drug sniffing dogs; they can smell, you know, a, a marijuana joint in a in a hooker's uh, you know g string on the other side <laughs> of the airport. So if if they can do that, I'm all for using dogs because they could walk up and down the lines of people getting ready to to board planes and stuff and pick people out immediately. And guys, there's
1: nothing magic about it. They're picking up the antigens that your body gives off as a result of the reactions going on when you have cancer or COVID.
6: Well, yes. I'm going to try. And, I'm going to try and squeeze one more in here real quick uh, because it's similar to one we had a few weeks ago. A British wildlife park has removed five African grey parrots from public view because <laughs> of their foul language, Lincolnshire. Lincoln- <laughs> Lincoln- Wildlife Park adopted the parrots about six weeks ago and put them in quarantine together, according to Lincolnshire Live. During their time together, the birds shared the ability to curse up a storm, something they engaged in quite often, according to Steve Nichols, the park's CEO. Nichols said the cursing birds sounded like an old working men's club scenario where they are all just swearing and laughing. Although (laughs) he and fellow park employees found the whole thing funny, Nichols said he decided it would be best to move the cursing birds out of the view before visiting kids heard them. (laughs) Does it seem like parrots are somehow prone to cursing?
1: Well, they they reflect the attitude of their their their, their people they live with. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
6: They reflect uh, the owner. They, they must be retired pirate parrots.
2: Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. We're, we're, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of be. a lot of those early parrots with the pirates had to pick up a lot of stuff. I'm sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, let's keep them away from from Joe Biden. I mean, telling the president of the United States to shut up. He doesn't need any more uh, uh, adjectives there. And <laughs> and, he, and he called him a clown twice. And, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But the president did say. Don't talk intelligence to me. You went
6: to yeah, Don't, don't yeah, ever yeah. use the word well, yeah. smart around me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, that, that comment by the president, don't, don't use the word smart around me, could be taken yeah. a lot of different ways. That was funny. <laughs> it it, it kind of was funny. Um, yeah. Hey, guys, yeah. that wraps it up for today's uh, edition of Armchair Politics and the Tom Sumner program. But I want to say a very special thank you to... Uh, Earl Lackey, joining us for the first time today, and I hope you'll come back, Earl.
3: Thank you. Oh, Earl. It was a pleasure, as always, and I'd love to come back. Paul, Henry, it was great. It's good it. again.
2: Have a good Thank day, you. Earl. Henry. You too. Goodbye. See you, See you guys later. Bye-bye. And of course, Bye-bye. thanks to Paul Rosicki
6: and Henry Hatter. Thanks, guys. It was uh, great. I can't believe how fast the time has gone we got a great one in store tomorrow, and uh, I hope you'll tune in. We'll be back for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program at uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So uh, hope to see you here. In the meantime, good night, everybody.
0: The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions.